it says of the love that you have for us, how great the love the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. I thank you that those of us who have accepted your Son, Jesus Christ, as our Lord and Saviour, that we are adopted into your family. We are co-heirs with Christ. We are in, we're not just saved from an eternity in hell, but we're saved into something so much more, into life in all of its fullness. So I pray, be with us this morning as you already have been. Continue to speak to us. And uh, Lord, I pray any words that are not from you, but are just my uh, human failed ramblings would uh, fall to the ground and not last in anyone's ears. In Jesus' name, amen. Much like Andy began last week saying uh, he was talking about something that we're quite good at or that we are very good at, I'm going to do something similar uh, in that I'll be talking about uh, something that we are pretty good at as a church, and that is transitions being changed, things changing, scenarios being different to what they were. Lots of people dislike change, completely understandable. Lots of people love change. Um, and change things just for the sake of it, um, which is really uncomfortable when you've got these two ends of the spectrum and they're sort of operating together. Um, I'm, a, I'm a person who does enjoy change, um, but even I can have my feel sometimes, and when lots of things are changing at once, it gets a bit stressful. Uh, but as a church family, we've been very good at dealing with change, at dealing with transition periods. It feels like... Uh, for myself, I, I grew up in this church, so I've been in this church for a long time. If, I think, um, just trying to remember, so one, two, three, four, five, six. So West Hearts, uh, Westfield sorry, will be the sixth or seventh building that we've been in as a church. Um, and so there's, lots of, there's been lots of physical moves. Uh, there's been different uh, groups of elders have, have led the church at different times. There was a, a period of time where there was a guy who was leading the church, then he moved on, then someone else took over, and then they went to plant a church, and then there was a gap, and then someone else took over, and then they've gone to plant a church, and then now that we've sort of, there's been lots of change that's happened as a church. As you'll be, uh, if you've been in the church, if you were in the church uh, view when we were meeting in the view cinema, if you look around the room today, it's a very different group of people. There's lots of the same people, but there's, there's people that have joined us. Who are going, what are you talking about View? When did you meet at View Cinema? You know, oh, if I mention the name Woodall Primary School, people would think, well, what are you talking about? Woodall Primary School. I've never even heard of it. Well, it's a tiny little school in South Oxy where we, we used to meet. But there's lots of changes happened in the life of the church. And for some reason, we're good at dealing with it, generally. Um, so be encouraged by that. A couple of years ago, the guy who was the leader of the church, really dynamic guy called Simon Lee Jones, moved on. And actually, by and large, everyone dealt with that really well. I, I, seriously, I'm so impressed. When I, the first meeting I went to of like sort of meeting with other pastors after that, I was like, oh, you know, I think if we lose sort of probably about 20 people, I, I think that will be a sort of a realistic expectation. Actually, it didn't happen which is a credit, A, to Simon and to you guys, because what was built was not around a personality, but around a mission, a mission to reach this town with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you, first of all, by saying we're good at transition, or we historically have been good at change. Um, so we're about to change our Sunday meeting location. In case you haven't got the message, hopefully you will in the next 14 days. On the 1st of October, we will be meeting in Westfield Academy. 
That's the appropriate response. And we're about to spend an extended period of time as a church listening to the call of Jesus to follow him and for our lives to be changed, for our lives to be transformed. And so hopefully, if the, the word of God and the Holy Spirit are doing their bit and we're not too resistant sinfully, if we're not sinfully resisting, there will be change happening in your life between now and December. Some people are keen about that. So this morning, I want to give us a prelude to that, but I want to start by recapping what our 2020 vision is, uh, which we set out about this time last year. I know Andy touched on some bits of it. Um, And then I want to talk about what this this phase of being transformed is going to look like. We're calling it campaign. We're running our our small groups, our explore groups, uh, in three phases each year. There's campaign, course, and connect. And this is the campaign phase. So if you... Uh, if this helps for you, we're getting into campaign mode. That means it's going to be, you know, when someone is running for office and they're campaigning, it's like message. the message is coming to you. Obama's, yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Trump's, make America great again. You would all know that, even if you don't like the guy or whatever your opinions are, you would know that Trump's slogan was, make America great again. New Labour new danger. You know, do you remember those adverts? We're in campaign mode. The slogan is, be transformed in your life. Be, God is going to transform your life. That's what the, the campaign slogan is. But I want to start by giving us a little recap. We said by September 2020, that we wanted to be a church of 250, giving hope to 5,000. So that's, that's three years' time, if I've done my maths correctly. And we talked about three uh, targets that we wanted to put in, which are not, we're not bound to these, we're not bound to the number 250 or 5,000. If we're a church of 300 giving hope to 6,000 or whatever, we won't be crying into our beards because, oh no. And if we're a church of 200 giving hope to 4,000, well, praise God, that's wonderful. Excellent. We won't be upset about that. So we're not bound to those numbers, but it's helpful to have something to pray into and to be uh, aiming towards. And we talked about these three things. The, um, is this on? Am I, is the thing plugged in? Maybe not. If you could move it on to the next slide. We talked about the 20s. Um, so we talked about 20 minutes, 20 people, and 20 pounds. Um, I mean, it's not, it's like, oh, nope. You need to go right back to the beginning if you can. Is the... Clicker plugged in. No, okay. Anyway, we talked about the 20. So 20 minutes, we said that we wanted to be a church where everyone in the church was spending 20 minutes a day with God. Now, some of you might think, oh, 20 minutes a day, I'm knocking, I'm knocking out an hour every day. You know, I'm up at five. I get my hour in, then I get the kids up. You know, I'm smashing it. Fantastic. Some of you will be thinking, 20 minutes? I don't know, how do I? I've got small children. I've got, you know house to look after i've got a job to do i've got this how do i even get 20 seconds well that's why we said 20 minutes that's if you read the bible for 15 minutes a day you'll read the whole bible in a year easily easily um so that's why 20 minutes you've got five minutes for praying maybe 10 and 10 if you want to extend it by a little bit you can but 20 minutes and to help you with that, as part of the campaign, there will be a daily devotional, a, sh- a short video that will be released. And, 
as part of the campaign, you will get one of these, which I'll talk about a bit more in a minute, which is your campaign transformed life journal, uh, which has a daily devotional. So every day there's a, there's a thing for you to do, and it will take you about maybe... No. <laughs> it won't take you 20 minutes, but if you're thinking, oh, I can't, I can't, I haven't even got one minute, this will take you less than five minutes to do, th- about three minutes to do. It's, it's one side not even full of A5 and then four questions, four questions to respond to from what you've read. And we will be recording a short video where myself or someone with probably a bit more dulcet tones will um, read this out to you and then ask you these questions. So that even if you're, you think, oh, I'm not really much of a reader, you can just put it on in the background. I'm going to listen to that and I'm going to respond to those questions. So we'll talk about those in a minute. But that's 20 minutes, 20 minutes a day. That's what you should be aiming for. 20 people. Andy challenged us last week to maintain that servant heart that we've got as a church, that attitude towards service. We want to be giving hope to 20 people. So that might mean you're praying for them. It might mean that you're practically serving them. Whatever that means, we want to be a church where each of us is giving hope to 20 people. You might be directly sharing the gospel with someone. We want to be extending that hope. And 20 pounds, we talked about if every member gave 20 pounds more than they gave now, a month, that would be a significant change for us as a church. And some people find it maybe distasteful to talk about money. Jesus talks about money loads, so we're not going to be embarrassed about doing it. Money funds things. That's the way our world works. If we lived in a slightly different culture, we'd be saying, can everyone give 10 ears of corn extra a year so that we can feed some more people. That's what we're saying. Can we have some more resource in order to do more for the gospel? And that includes equipping you guys uh, and each of us with the stuff that we need to do that. So that's a little bit of a a vision recap for what we're, we're doing. And we use these three terms. What are we here for? Well, we're here to continue the mission of God. That's what, that's the purpose of us being here. Uh, when God created the world, he said to Adam and Eve, go multiply, fill the earth. Then they didn't do that right. Um, gets to Abraham. Abraham says, right, through your family, I'm going to bless the world. I'm going to bless all the nations of the earth through your family. Well, you know, he sort of has a little go at that, doesn't really quite get it right. But then down the line, one of his descendants, Jesus, actually comes. And through Jesus Christ, the nations of the world are blessed because Forgiveness comes, relationship with God can be restored. And then Jesus calls these guys to himself. He says, follow me right now. This is what you're going to do. This is, this is who you're going to be. And they, the, the church is born. And these people, these guys lead it. These disciples, apostles lead it. And actually, then down through history, you get to Watford. And there's a church called Christ First. And there's many other churches in Watford that make up the church of Watford. But... We're here in this room because Jesus appointed some men, said, follow me, and they did. And then they passed the message on, and they passed the message on, and they passed the message on. And and now that message of grace has come to us. That message of hope has come to us. And so it's to us to carry that mission on. So don't ever think in your life, oh, you know, what am I doing? I'm just, you know, I'm just ticking along. No, you're part of the great story of God. You're part of God's mission in this town. We need to remind ourselves of this, catch ourselves back up in, I'm part of a big story. I'm not, we all want to be the star of our own story. You're not the star of your own story. You're 
part of the chorus line or whatever it is in Jesus' story. So you're in. You're in the, the, the big story. You've got a part to play. We all do. So how do we articulate that mission in this church? Well, we articulate it in three ways. We say these three statements. Christ first. He's first in everything. We worship him. He gets our first love, our first attention. When we wake up in the morning, he's the first thing that we should be thinking of, not, I'm going to check my Facebook. How did uh, Arsenal, how badly did Arsenal do? Um, Christ first, Christ first. We talk about Christ first, transforming lives and building community. And this autumn, in case the clue wasn't in the name enough, we're going to be focusing on transforming lives. Now, there's two, two aspects to that. There's an external one, which is we're looking to transform the lives of people who are, uh, don't know Jesus yet or haven't, uh, are in need. They've got need some provision of some kind or need support of some kind. That's an external element of it. There's also an internal focus to this transforming lives where each of us should be having our lives transformed by the gospel. You should be preaching the gospel to ourselves every day. And this autumn, we're going to be primarily, not exclusively, but primarily focusing on that internal, how are our lives being transformed? I was walking through the town yesterday. We had a, a part of our week of prayer. We had a prayer walk through the town center. And as I was walking through, I'll show a picture of it later. I just thought to myself, man, this, is, this place has really changed. Watford has changed loads. I was walking past the Harlequin. Oh, no, into I was walking past BHA, oh, it's not there anymore. I was walking past Presence, oh, it's not there anymore. I was walking past the burger place that was then a Labbrooks, that was then a little bazaar, oh, it's not there anymore. Watford is changing. And, and to be honest, it doesn't really know what it's changing into. They're sort of equal parts pound shop, equal parts gourmet burger joint. It, it doesn't really know where it's landing. A town that's changing needs a people that are changed. And not people that are just tossed to and fro. Oh, well, we'll do this because that's the cool thing now. But are people that are genuinely changed from the inside out because of what Jesus is doing in their lives. And that's why this autumn term we're focusing on how are we being transformed by the power of the gospel. So we're going to be looking at this material. So it's going to be Everyone. So from the babies, literally from the babies, to those of us who are not babies, however you choose to describe yourself, I'm not going to tread that minefield. Um, we're all going to be looking at this same material. Now, a baby can't read this, and I wouldn't recommend you read it to a baby. You're more than welcome to. But there's material for the small children in creche to have up and watch. Oh, okay, I'm going to watch that. And some of them won't understand it, but some of them will. And there's a little booklet for them to take home that's got some colouring sheets of oh, this is this is what Jesus is how he views me. This is how God thinks about me in this area of my life. Now, right through from the youngest to the oldest of us, we're gonna be looking at this together. Sunday mornings, when we gather together, midweek when we gather together, we're gonna to be looking at this content together. How are we applying what's what's been brought on the Sunday? And then every day looking at it together. Now, if you're uh, a teenager or you're younger than a teenager, you've only got three things to do a week rather than an everyday thing. But um, 
For the rest of us, it will be every day we're going to be looking at this. And we're having a gap in the middle so we don't get burnt out. We'll have a week's gap at half term. But the point being, if you're not part of an explore group, you need to be part of an explore group to get the most out of this. There was a a wonderful word that was brought in our, um, I think the first evening of our um, prayer week about us being like lumps of dough that need to be kneaded and then baked. And it's like Sunday morning is like you're sitting in the oven, but if you've not been kneaded at explore group where you can get that sort of bit more intense attention, oh, how are you doing with this? Not very good. Me neither. Let's help each other. You know, if you're not getting that kind of life-on-life connection, explore groups is where that happens. So you need to be part of an explore group. If you're not part of a group, then come and see me at the end, um, and we can put you in a group. There's groups with spaces, and maybe even you could lead a group. If you've got a... This is a very easy thing to lead. There's a video teaching, you watch, and you give people cups of tea. So, you know, it's easy to do that. Or coffee. So, as you leave this morning, you'll be given one of these. Okay? You'll be given this. It's nice. It's sort of, it says leather bound. I I can't tell the difference between leather, fake leather, real leather. Real leather is apparently like the lowest grade of leather. So when it says real leather, that means it's the lowest grade of do you know the five grades of leather, um, of the, which the top is, I can't remember. But, so there's five grades. Look it up. Google it later. Um, <laughs> irrelevant. This is not the top grade of leather, but it is good quality. Um, and so you'll be given one of these as you leave, and it's yours to keep. It's yours to write in. It's yours to uh, make notes in. If you are one of those people who likes to do you know, doodles to help you remember stuff, you can do that in here. Mind mapping, I think it was called. It was very big for a period of time. Um, but you can take this away. If you're a member of this church, we would say, please take this away. Um, We did get a very good deal on them. We're saying, actually, to help slightly offset that, if you're willing to, bring three pounds next week and put it in the offering. If you think, actually, I'm just going to keep it as a gift, or if three pounds is too much for you, we want you to have this as a gift in order to enable everyone to engage in this as much as possible. If you're not a member of this church, I would ask you to come and speak to me before you take one because we want to make sure that we're giving these to people who are committed to this journey with us as a church family. So that's not us being stingy, but we don't want to just give you something and then never see you again and you not get the full benefit from it. So hopefully that comes across not as stingy but as disciplined. Um, We want to be serious about committing to this journey together as a family, a journey of transformation, And encouragement. We want to grow together. So I want to ask us a couple of questions this morning and then give you one. I want to ask two questions and then give you one encouragement. Um, so we'll see how we get on. We're doing okay for time. This is the, uh, the thing. When was the last time your life was transformed? When was the last time your life was transformed? I became a Christian in some fashion at the age of about four or five. I don't remember the day. Um, but I knew I was following Jesus. That, that was what my life was about. As I got older, I had to recommit myself, not because I'd lost my salvation, you can't do that, um, but because my understanding had changed. What, what it meant to follow Jesus was very different as an 18-, 19-year-old than it was as a 4- and 5-year-old. But those were moments in my life where I think, 
I, I, my life was transformed there. I was completely changed as I recommitted myself to God. When was your life last changed? Some of us have been Christians for many, many years, but our lives haven't been changed very recently. Some of us haven't been Christians for very long at all, and our life is changing all the time. And it's like, oh my goodness, when is this going to stop? Everything's changing. When was your life last transformed? Because my point is that every life in this room needs to be transformed. Whether you've been following Jesus for five minutes or for 50 plus years, the purpose of God in your life is to bring you more and more into the likeness of Jesus Christ. So unless you've completely conformed to the likeness of Jesus Christ, there's some transforming for you to do. And if you have done that, you wouldn't be in this room. Um, Romans 12.2 says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world. This is from the NIV. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. A little bit of context for that. Unveiled face is talking about when Moses received the Ten Commandments. He went up onto the mountain. He met with God. And then when he came down, because he'd had an experience with God, he'd seen God, his face was radiant, so bright, so, he was so different, they couldn't look at him and he had to wear a veil. But we with unveiled faces, we don't have to cover ourselves, we don't have to, there's no barrier between us and God. Jesus has done away with that. We can behold the glory of the Lord. And as we do, as we behold the glory of the Lord, we're changed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. So it's not all at once. If you've become a Christian, you think, I'm still struggling with this issue. Maybe I didn't really become a Christian. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that when you give your life to Christ, you say, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. You are the Lord of my life. You've saved me. You are made perfect in the sight of God. Done. Nothing you can do. Nothing you can do to spoil that. You're made perfect in the sight of God. When he looks at you, he sees the perfection of Jesus. So then why, why do I struggle with this, this particular sin? Or why can't I get up and read my Bible? Or why do I always fall asleep when I'm reading it at night? Well, actually, because what he said is, follow me. He's gone ahead. He's, he's perfect. But he's saying, come on, follow me. Pursue holiness. Pursue righteousness. And he gives us the Holy Spirit to help us do that. As I said, I was walking through town, and this is the old charter place. Can't really see it very well, I'm afraid, but um, it's so different. It's so different. The feel of the town is different. And there's, a, there's an old bank that was there. I can't remember the, the chain, but it was this old facade, this sort of front of the shop, front of the bank, that's been kept, it's been protected by these uh, scaffolds and the sort of, it's all this new glass and steel and what's going to be going up. And then there's this old uh, facade. And I felt God speaking a little bit through that um, to me and he's saying a change of town needs transformed people. But don't keep the old facade 
just for the sake of it. Don't keep the old, or I'm not actually any different, I'm still your friend, I'm still, you know, I'm still cool, come on. Don't, don't maintain what is, isn't actually helpful. But equally, don't let it just be a surface level change. If you, they could have kept all of the shops that were there and changed the front and it's like, oh, I thought this was a, you know, a Byron burger and actually it's Lloyd's Bank. Well, that's, that's confusing. Don't just change the surface. Actually, let's be genuine. And, you know, we need to be committed to this change. We need to be sort of brave to say, come on, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go for it. So the question is, what's holding you back? Second question. Mark 1 Uh, chapter 1, verses 16 to 20, this is the ESV, says this. Uh, Jesus was passing along the Sea of Galilee. He saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. I've got an illustration to do. I'm going to try and recruit someone. So who's feeling strong and also has cat-like reflexes? Simon. You're doing it? Oh, Simon was was offering, but come on, Ben, you're closer. Okay, so uh, we'll try and do this where we're not going to break anything. Um, including your feet. So stand there, hold your hands out. Okay. This is a stolen illustration, so if it goes wrong, I'm going to blame the guy who I first saw do it. Okay. Right, let me give you these in a helpful order. Well, probably not. Right, this is Ben's career. This is uh, Ben's family. Uh, This is his uh, ambition. Um, I'll give you just one more. Is that okay? Yeah. And that's whatever else is important to you. Okay? And this, this, oh, you've got your, just hum to yourself or close your ears. This is, no, no, you listen to this actually, listen to this. This is a present that I gave Megan when we first were married. Okay? It's, It's one of the first things that I bought for her. She really liked it, and I thought, oh, you know, obviously we've just bought a, just bought a house together. We just had a wedding. Funny's a little bit tight, but I, actually I got it for Megan. So I'm going to throw this to you, okay. and, and you're going to catch it, okay? okay. <clears throat> so it's, it's, it's really important that you don't break this, okay? okay. <laughs> so... You, you ready? Yeah. One, two, three. Woo! 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 Sometimes, well, you're meant to have dropped all the logs. Thank you. (laughs) When it comes to following Jesus, we can hold on to these things that are really precious to us, but actually, 
The worth of Jesus is far more than any of these things. It says of uh, his disciples, they left everything. Immediately, they left everything to follow him. Thank you, Ben. I'll clean it up at the end. Don't worry. Um, Simon and Andrew were fishermen. They, that, that's who they were. They were fishermen. But they left their boats. I knew I shouldn't have picked Ben. <laughs> I was talking to Megan, and she said, oh, no, he'll try and catch it. Um, <laughs> they were fishermen. That was their identity. And yet, actually, they left that to follow Jesus. James and John were the sons of Zebedee. They're known as the sons of thunder. But it's part of their identity was who, who their family were. But actually, they left their father to follow Jesus. What is holding you back? I think sometimes we can love Jesus the Savior, but we're not so keen on Jesus the Lord. So what logs are you trying to hold on to? Is there something in, in your life that you're holding on to? You know, I, I want to follow Jesus in this area. I want to follow him with my money, but I just, I just can't let go of the fact that I need it. I need it. I, I want to be generous, but I need to have this nest egg. Now, there's nothing wrong with having nest eggs. That's wise stewardship of money. But if that, my, my trust is in that rather than in Jesus, something needs to change. There's a famous quote from uh, the best film ever, never to win an Oscar, uh, Shawshank Redemption, which says, you can't read it very well there, fear can hold you prisoner, hope can set you free. We can have a fear sometimes that, oh, if I, even if I let that go and I follow Jesus, nothing's going to change. No, it won't be any different, I'll just be in a slightly worse off position. But actually, fear holds you prisoner, hope sets you free. Jesus gives you hope. You can trust him. Proverbs says he's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. I don't know what your family's like, but I know my brothers would, well, I don't know about now because he's got his own kids, but I know, I know Adam would have laid down his life for me before he was married and had a family. He's got other priorities now. So if it came between me and Terry, I'm, there you go, Aaron, you're gone. Um, but I, I, know, I know the sort of the love that is, was in my family as brothers. We, we would fight for one another, sometimes um, literally. Um, but Jesus, he's a, he's a better brother than that. He's a better brother than that. He won't disappoint you. He won't let you down. And so I'm saying, let's, when was your life last transformed? Because it needs to be regularly. We need to be being conformed to the likeness of Christ. And what's stopping you from doing that? Is there anything that's holding you back? And maybe there is, and maybe that's really scary. Maybe it's, a, a, I need to have a big conversation with someone. I need to say, actually, in our marriage, we've been living our life like this. We, can't, we, we need to change that. Maybe that's a difficult conversation. Well, I want to say to you a word that is given to the people of God at times of transition, when there's things that are happening that are going to be changes occurring. God says this, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. If you read the book of Joshua in that first chapter, it's like, Joshua, man, you need to get the, you need to get the picture. God's saying to you, be strong and courageous. It's like over and over and over. 
Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened, do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This, is, this happens again and again when the people of God are going into a different phase, when they're moving into a different land or when they're about to be um, a renewal, about to happen. God says to whoever's leading them, be strong and courageous. Tell the people, be strong and courageous. God wants to say that to us this morning. As we go across, be strong and courageous. As we move physical location, as our lives are transformed, be strong and courageous. What does it mean for us to be strong and courageous? I think sometimes it means courage to admit we need to change. I'm, I think I'm okay, actually. We had a fantastic elders meeting on Friday. I'm not going to talk about the details of it. But one of the sort of... Increasingly, I think we're, we're sort of growing in friendship, Andy, uh, Daniel and I. And it's like, actually, I'm, I, I'm having a tough time with this thing. I, I say, I'm, I feel, I'm having these sort of these low feelings. I don't know why. And they pray for me. I, I know this needs to change. I, I can't just carry on my life like this. It's not fair. It's not fair to my family. So pray for me in that. I, I need to change. This needs to change. I need breakthrough from God. So we need courage to admit that change is needed. And we need strength to follow through on that. We have a value at this church of courage. I'll be so pleased when we don't have this projector and what's projected actually looks like it does on the computer screen when you set it up. We say this, build it, we want to build a culture of courage where we choose to follow God on the adventure of faith. We speak and act in a way that makes it clear that he alone is the Lord of our lives. We put aside our reputation and personal comfort to wholeheartedly follow the call of God. We love courage. I love it when someone comes to me and says, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me? Of course I can. What's really difficult is when someone says, I've been hiding this thing for ages and I'm going to carry on hiding it because nothing can change there. As things are brought into the light, we can deal with it. It takes courage if you've been concealing something to bring it into the light. So I'm not saying don't bring things into the light because you've been concealing them. It's never too late. But to just carry on hiding is not courageous. And in this church, we love courage. I'm trying to instill this into my two little girls. I like to, to chase them. I you know, pretend that I'm a gorilla or something, um, and I'll chase them. And they would run away screaming, and they'd hide under the pillows. And then um, just recently, um, I started encouraging Millie to defend Lara because she's bigger. Um, and so she'll jump down and go, ah, and attack me when she's got these foam swords and whatever. Um, and she says, I'm, I, I say to her, you're, oh, well done, Millie, you're being brave. Well done. And I'm, I want to encourage that. So now she jumps and goes, I'm being brave. You know, slap me in the face with this <laughs> foam sword. But I, I'm proud of my daughter in that moment because I'm thinking, yeah, you are. You're being, I'm, I'm sort of obviously much bigger than you. She knows there's no real danger, but I'm sort of, whatever. She, I'm being brave. Attack. Be brave. I want to encourage braveness in us. Courage. We want to be a people of courage. Oh, can I, someone, that's, the little door is open to have this conversation at work. Can I, can I really talk to that person? Yeah, you can talk to that person about Jesus. One of the things, I mean, there may be some repercussions to it. 
But the reality is our nation at the moment, what should be upheld is that anyone can have any opinion. That's, that's kind of where we're at, in, in case you didn't notice. Now, you're, if you hold the opinion that many of us would hold, you'll probably be shut down and ridiculed. But Jesus said, blessed are you when they make fun of you on my behalf. So when, if, if I say something, because say, you don't believe all that God nonsense, do you? you, you, you you're crazy. You're living in the past. It's like, bring it on. Bring on the mockery, because God's blessing me when you do that. Now, obviously, I'm not standing there doing that, because then they would, re- <laughs> they would have genuine reason to mock. But, <clears throat> but we need to be okay with that. We need to be okay that how we are living, how Jesus wants us to live, is going to be counter to the way the world is living. You, if you want to be in this church and be an effective member of this church, or you want to be an effective member of any church, you need to make your peace with that. And that requires courage. And do you know what's really helpful in inspiring courage is when the person next to you is courageous. When the person next to you says, oh, okay, I'm going I'm to be brave, it's, it's really easy then to go, oh yeah, I'm going to be brave too. And, you're sort of, and they're thinking, oh, thank goodness someone else is out here with me. I thought I was going to be on my own. I could, yeah. I could remember, as a, this is so like, weak, it's unbelievable. As a 17-year-old standing in church, this was sort of kind of my, my rebellion. I would stand in church and not sing. You know, it's like, oh, I'm not interested in being here. I can remember when I sort of then came through and God's like, God had recaptured me. I was like, oh, I just want to serve God. I can remember thinking, oh, these are my four best friends here. We all sort of came to the same church. I think I need to put my hands up in the worship. What are they going to do? They're going to they're going to just mock the you know living daylights out of me afterwards. So I closed my eyes and I put my hands up. About ten minutes later, my arms were getting tired, so I put them down. And I opened my eyes and looked. They've all got their hands in the air. <laughs> it's like when the first person has been brave to step out and do it, it's, it, it makes it easier for everyone else to back you up. Um, So I'm going to finish by saying, let's be excited. Let's be excited for the location move. Let's be excited for the life changes that are going to occur in us as a people through the campaign. Let's be bold and courageous enough to follow the call of God. Follow me, follow me. Let's not hold on to anything that's going to hinder us, even if you are able to sort of catch the vase as well. It would have been much easier if he'd just dropped it all. (laughs) Ben. (laughs) And let's focus on Jesus as the source of our motivation. As we behold the Son. I'm changed. Have your own worship time. Stick a CD on, play a guitar badly, whatever it takes. Worship the Son. Sing as you're walking along. Find a little quiet place or just... Think about that Jesus and all that he's done for us. That's why this morning we tried to focus in worship on this is who he is, this is what he's done, and this is our response. Let's focus on Jesus as the source of our motivation and the Holy Spirit as the power to enact that life transformation. Let's pray.